Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. All right, this week I'm giving you a little synopsis about what the Q members covered in the month of September. Um, because I think it's really kind of an interesting topic. And of course, as you know, in the membership, we went deeper on this. You guys are going to kind of the like, I don't know, Reader's Digest version, if any of us are still old enough to know what that is. Um, but um, I think it's a really interesting concept to be able to work on our handling skills without our dogs. Uh, because I think there's obviously a perception that's a pretty easy leap to make that in order to work on our handling skills, we need to be working with our dogs. And the truth of the matter is, is that our dogs can't work all the time. Um, some would like to maybe, but maybe there's also reasons you can't go practice. Maybe it's raining outside or soon to be snowing, um, or, you know, whatever. Maybe there's a weather issue. Maybe there's, you can't go practice. There's just a bunch of issues that you and your dog cannot go practice your obedience or practice your agility. You know, um, those sports that require equipment like agility, for instance, sometimes are even really hard to practice. I mean, I lived many years doing agility before I had any equipment available to me. And even still, I really rely on my classes to hold me accountable for, you know, the training that we do in between. And there's some wonderful articles and publications and blog posts and YouTubes and all those kinds of things about things that we can do at home to work with our dogs, even in small spaces, small yards, in the hallway, uh, in our in our bedrooms, like whatever. There's still plenty of stuff that we can do. But today, what I want to talk about and what we talked in the membership about for the whole month is four different ways that you can work on your handling skills without your dog. Okay, so you can just leave them on their dog bed or on your bed, as the case may be, or just lounging in the corner um, while you work on your handling skills. And so I think this is kind of a clever thing. They are obviously very portable. You can do this on the couch, in a park, in the dark, um, you know, while driving. Um, very safe. Just always keep your eyes open. Um, and I, I just think there's some, it's, it's a very interesting concept to think that we can be working on our skills even when we don't have a leash in our hand. And I think it's also one of those things, though, that we have to sort of, I'm going to say it, make ourselves do it. You know, we're not always going to be motivated. You know, that's the truth. Our motivation will fail us for sure. And that's where discipline steps in. That's where our why, you know, why we do this sport or why we compete is so important to ground us. Um, because sometimes, you know, that's the reason we practice or that's the discipline that we call on. You know, it's just like anything. It's like a workout program. It's like a weight loss program, stopping smoking, whatever it is, you're not always going to be motivated to do it. But if you have a really clear why, that's going to keep you focused. All right. And that you might need to write that down on an index card or, you know, scrawl it in um, 
um, wipe off marker uh, on your re- on your mirror, right? That comes off really easy. That's a really good trick. Um, but just like whatever you need to do to remind yourself why you're doing this and why this matters, um, have that front and center. Have it front and center all the time. Uh, because even in the things that I'm going to share today, you still need to have a, you still need to do it, <laughs> right? It's not like magic. I wish, I wish I could give you and I wish I could take myself some sort of like a magic something, something that just makes all of my dreams and goals just like happen. Uh, but it's not really true. Okay. So that said, um, I've got four things to share with you, uh, four different ways that you can combine. You can do them all. Of course, you can do little bits of each. You can pick a favorite, you can rotate, whatever you want to do. Just four different ideas where you can be working on your handling, um, at kind of a, I'm going to say kind of a high level. And there's some things that you'll be able to do some specifics. Um, but you can work on these without your dogs. Okay. The first thing I'm going to talk about is visualizing. All right. We've had conversations about this before. This is not new. And visualizing itself is a very old concept, truthfully. What's cool, though, is there's always new science to be added to the visualization conversation because science is really proving out the power of visualization. In short, your brain doesn't really know the difference between like a visualization or a memory. So when we visualize, when we really fully visualize, not just like yada yada run through the course once in our minds, but like really truly visualize, and I'm gonna give you some of those steps, our minds believe that it's already happened. Well, when something has already happened and in our visualization, it's already happened correctly, then our mind says, well, I have experience doing this right. I've already done it. I've already done it correctly. And it boosts our confidence. And yes, it has like real scientifically proven impact on our skills. When Olympic athletes, for instance, elite athletes, when they do really deep visualizations, their minds also fire the muscles that are needed to perform the activity. All right. So imagine, you know, the skier going down the slope and, you know, going through their run and going through their paces when they're sitting still, really getting into the visualization, really imagining what it sounds like, what it feels like, what it smells like, what it tastes like, uh, what it looks like, of course, um, going down that slope, their, their neurons, the, the neurons, the stuff in their brain that is firing is actually firing the muscles that they would need to make that course. And I think that's phenomenal, but that's also a way that, and proof that we can be working on our handling skills, maybe even our like obedience footwork and, you know, all that repetition that we need, you know, that we need as handlers, right? The dogs get it. Um, But as handlers, maybe our about turns are terrible or something, right? You can just sit on your couch and visualize this and improve your footwork on your about turns, for instance, right? Or you can improve your cues when you are running agility or or throwing your bumper for dock diving, right? So you can practice these things by visualizing. So if you've never visualized, um, basically what it is, is you are using your imagination, your imagining um, for good, as I like to say, and you are imagining yourself with your dog doing a thing, a sport, 
a what have you, right? Whatever it is that is your favorite or that you need work on, right? And you imagine it. And I want you to try to bring in as many senses as possible, right? So what does it sound like, feel like, taste, hear, you know, smell, everything, like bring in all the things. And that is what makes a visualization stickier. The other thing that is really important is feeling, emotion. How does it feel in your body? What does that connection feel like when your dog is really paying attention to you and you're really running sort of in flow? And I want you to work through your scenario, right? So whether it's an agility course, whether it's an obedience run through, um, a healing pattern, throwing the bumper, running through a uh, rally rather, whatever that sport is. Now the key is I want you to start short. I want you to only do this for like seconds, right? Maybe 30 seconds. So for a lot of us, that means breaking down a course and just doing part of it or a course or a, a run or whatever, right? So if you're doing an obedience, if, you've, if you're doing like say um, novice obedience, just do the healing pattern or just do the figure eight or just do the recall. Just do little parts because sometimes people think, oh, I'm no good at visualization because I can't hold my attention that long and I can't get through a whole run and then the run starts to go sideways and da, da, da. I want you to only do it for as long as you can do it correctly, right? And then stop and go back to the top, right? Go back to one, as they say. So if you get through your, let's stick with obedience, your obedience figure eight, but you get to a part where you mess up a lot, start over and do it until you get it right. And really notice how you feel, where your body position is, where are you looking, where's your dog, what are you sensing? How does it feel? What's the room sound like? What's everything look like? Just really get into it, okay? And, um, and make sure that you are doing it correctly, all right? Because a lot of times what will sneak in is the mistakes that we made in the past or the thing that happened last time we were at this specific venue or something like that. And then all of a sudden we're off in a, in a tangent or we're going off into a place of failure and we got to keep it positive, all right. So imagine that footwork, if that's what you're working on, imagine a piece of whatever it is that you are trying to get better at right now, visualize you doing it correctly and do it over and over and over again. Now, you're probably not going to be able to sit on the couch and do this for a half an hour. Okay. But imagine if you did this for like five minutes, like four or five times a day, that'd be four or five times a day that you're practicing your figure eight footwork, for instance. Well, it's probably five more times than you're practicing it right now. All right. I know that would be six more times that I'm practicing it right now. So um, remember, it's like a free practice and you only need to do it for a few minutes, a couple minutes, maybe only two or three minutes. All right. The other thing, if, if you are new to visualization, another trick to get you into it is to open your phone, open your photos and go find a favorite photo that has something to do with you competing. All right. Could be a win photo, could be an action shot, could be just you taking a selfie with your dog on the morning you had a really good day, whatever it is. And just stare and look at that photo and remember everything about that day. Everything about like the environment, how it smelled, what was the weather, what'd you eat, how was the the atmosphere, who were the judges, was there was there a smell, did it smell great, did it smell terrible, <laughs> like what was it? 
And if you can remember and recall all of those things and sit with that memory for 30 seconds or a minute, or you can probably do it for quite a while, especially if it's a really strong memory, that's visualization. Those memories, that emotion, that level of stickiness that that has for you is exactly what you are trying to create only in the future tense with visualization. So if you don't think you're any good at visualization or you don't have much experience in it, start by looking back and start by getting really good at running through your phone, looking at a favorite photo or two, and just remembering everything about that day everything and just kind of sit with it, but set a timer and set a timer for maybe three minutes tops, set a timer for three minutes and think about that day and everything about it for three minutes. And you know what? You're visualizing. That's exactly the same thing that we do only in the future. So once you get good at looking at the past and remembering, do that exact thing for your brain, only looking forward or working on something you really want to work on. Okay. So that so visualization is one of the most valuable most obvious i'm going to say tools to improve our handling skills okay the next one is going to be manifesting and manifesting is one of those kind of people will give it a woo woo thing or give it a throwaway thing and you'll hear people say i'm going to manifest this i'm going to give it to the universe i'm going to you know throw it up you know out there i'm just going to put it out there whatever all of those are sort of phrases that people use when they're talking about manifesting and what manifesting really is is again imagining something it is that you want but also sort of turning over the timing and the how to other, to something else, something bigger, greater, whatever. Now you don't have to be incredibly spiritual or you can be incredibly spiritual and do this, right? Prayer is manifesting. And so if you are in a, a very a traditionally spiritual person, then yes, prayer is manifesting. Absolutely do that. What I love about manifesting the most is that it forces us to get clear about what it is that we want. What I like to do about manifesting whenever I'm sort of testing myself is I imagine someone sitting across from me and they're, imagine a genie, right? Uh, you're Robin Williams genie, for instance, because of course mine has a sense of humor. And, um, and that genie says to you, what do you want? I can give you anything. What do you want? And all of a sudden you got to be really clear about what it is because whatever you say, you're going to get. You know, um, you know, if I get a million dollars, if I get, you know, a, my dream farm, well, was I specific enough? Did I, did that farm manifest itself in, you know, Iowa? I'm like, oh, I meant to say Virginia, <laughs> you know? So it makes us, simple example, but it makes us get really clear about what it is that we want. So I think that one of, even if you don't believe in manifesting, I happen to, as you can tell, but even if you don't believe, one of the, take away the thing of writing down the thing that you really want. And in this case, we're talking about handling, we're talking about mindset skills, right? We're talking about being competitive. So write down the thing that you want to become. Maybe you want to become a really graceful handler. Maybe you want to become someone who is, you know, really resilient 
you know, and, or whatever it is, write it down. Or maybe there is an outcome goal, this giant outcome goal. You want an ach, a mock, a, a rock, a whatever else that ends with a ka. <laughs> you want a championship, you want whatever it is, write it down and get really, really clear about what you want. So many times I ask people, well, what it is that you want? And you're like, well, or, you know, there's like three paragraphs of an answer. That's not bad, but it just tells me that you don't have real clarity. And so, um, write it down, ask yourself, what if, you know, this or something better even happens? Wouldn't that be amazing? And now you have two things. You have something to work toward, but you also have the clarity of your goals. Okay. So that's the second thing. First thing is visualize. Second thing is manifesting. Next, I'm going to tell you to move. Okay. Um, exercise, movement, um, even mental stamina. All right. When we go to shows and we spend the whole day, let's say we spend eight hours at a trial because that's what happens. And maybe we go in the ring three times. Okay. So we're in the ring like two minutes a time. So I don't know what is math, but it's a long freaking time in between runs is what it is. And so we walk dogs, we potty dogs, we talk to friends, we wander around, maybe we shop a little bit, yada, yada. And at the end of the day, we come home and we are exhausted, right? We are just like mentally flattened. And maybe someone asks us, oh, why are you so tired? Weren't you only in the ring for six minutes total? And you're like, shut up. <laughs> okay. But the truth is, is we need a certain amount of stamina whether that's physical or mental or both, I would argue, stamina, to get through our days. And when we are not in condition, we are not mentally fit, we are not well fed, right? You know, I talk about protein and hydration a lot. You know, then those, we make those days harder, all right? And so if we're in a, in a position of, you know, trialing every weekend, I mean, we'll build that stamina naturally, but if you've been off for a little while or you're switching to a different venue, you know, some of us have seasons, you know, we do one thing in the summer, another thing in the fall, something like that. I mean, I'm coming off a long summer break and I know that the first few trials back, I'm going to be like exhausted because I'm not used to it. You know, there's so much to be said about mental stamina for us and for our dogs. You know, we talk about puppies and we laugh about the fact that like you want to tire out a puppy, tire out their brain, not their feet, you know, because you can make them mentally tired much faster than you can make them physically tired. Well, the same is true about us. If anyone ever had a corporate job and had to sit in a conference room for eight hours during a sales meeting or something, and then wondered why you were so tired when you got home that night, because all you did was sit in one chair in a windowless conference room for a whole day, you know what I'm talking about, okay? Um, we need that kind of stamina. And so we need to be building it. And I would argue that we all need to be a little more physically fit. You know, when we're, if we're running or even if we're walking around an obedience ring, on, on the one hand, you look inside that ring and you think, like, you're just walking around. Like, how hard is that? It's not even 10,000 steps. Well, here's the thing. Posture is incredibly important in an obedience ring. And if you are tired, chances are your shoulders are slumping or your back is not as straight or you're walking a little differently. Like I walk differently when I'm tired. You know, the hip hurts, the ankle hurts, the knee hurts, the whatever, right? And you walk differently when you're tired. And so 
I would argue that we're all could be in a little better shape. When I watch people run in agility, one of the things I see when, uh, when I watch how people run is their lack of core strength. You know, we, we hold ourselves up with our core and that allows us to have better posture. We're lighter, lighter on our feet uh, and so on and so forth. And in that, when we have better, just like physical stand-up posture, we give our dogs better information because we're giving them better signals because we're standing up straight, our posture's more um, appropriate to the sport, everything. So I want to challenge you to adding movement to your repertoire or to your week, and it will absolutely have an impact on your ability to cue your dog in a timely manner, have you cue your dog with better posture, with more, um, I don't know, with more clarity. And so um, I'm going to add um, movement to our list and building mental stamina. And this brings us to our last thing, um, which is meditate. And I know some of you are like, oh, don't make me meditate. <laughs> um, but I'm going to keep at it. So there's your warning. But here's, here's a reason to meditate. If you don't want to meditate because you can't sit still long enough or you can't focus or, you know, it doesn't calm you, it makes you angry or <laughs> whatever, which is a lie. But anyway, I will say a couple things. First of all, you haven't found your type of meditation. There's so many types of meditation, guided meditation, sitting meditation, walking meditations, like just listening, just you sitting outside with your coffee in your hand, only thinking about the sounds is a version of meditation. Okay. It is doing good things to your nervous systems. And the reason you need that is because it's our ability to repair. So you go to a big, busy day of a trial. You have a lot of inputs, like sensory inputs coming in. You're exhausted, whatever. It allows you a chance to heal. Okay. Science has my back on this. Okay. Meditation is good for all of us. I'm getting back into it myself. Right. The second reason that it's important as handlers to be able to meditate is that it builds focus. And whether you are, are in a sport where you are in the ring or on the dock or whatever it is that you're doing for a minute or whether you're in the ring for five to eight minutes like obedience or eight to 12 minutes like draft or water work or something like that, um, you need to be able to focus that whole time. And so being able to focus is is stamina, all right, of a, of a type, I believe. And we can build that stamina through meditation. We can build, even if you are sitting outside with your coffee, listening, like doing a meditation where all you do is listen to sounds for five minutes. And every time you get distracted, you just come back. Was that a bird? What am I hearing? Oh, a car drove by, you know, whatever it is, very simple. Um, you are building the ability to focus. And the longer we can do that, the better. I talk to handlers all the time. They'll say like, oh, I can't remember the course, or I definitely got distracted, or I heard something in the ring when I was whatever, whatever. And it's because we really can't focus that well anymore. We're addicted to all of these devices. We tell ourselves we're multitasking, but really we're just bouncing from thing to thing to thing to thing. And then we walk in the ring and we wonder why we don't remember anything after the fourth obstacle <laughs> or um, we get distracted or our dogs disconnect. We're like, oh my God, I can't believe my dog disconnected. I'm like, 
I wonder who disconnected first. <laughs> Just saying, okay? So meditation is a way that we build focus. And focus is so important to our ability to perform in the ring. Okay, so those are four ways that you can work on your handling, even without your dog, even with a cup of coffee in your hand, um, even on the couch on a rainy day, and none of them take very long. You could do each of these three minutes. And if you did, I mean, if you did like three minutes, three times a day, like really nine minutes, you got nine minutes, I promise. Um, I know I do. If I just stayed off TikTok, TikTok for a, a day, I would be a meditation guru. Um, so I know I see myself in this. So in any case, um, I want you to take a look at this and think about these ways. You've got visualization, manifesting, getting moving, and um, of course, meditation. And before I let you go, I just have to tell you and share with you something I'm really excited about. So for a long time, I've been wanting to make a planner just for dog handlers. And I finally done it. I found this really great partner. She's amazing. She's designing it. It's going to be gorgeous as well as functional. And it's coming out in October. So I'm going to talk about it all the time. So get ready. But if you want to be on the list or just like, you know, get my emails so that you are first to know when it's available and be able to get to see like sneak peeks on what's in the inside, uh, get on my list. Check out the show notes. It's the last link in my show notes. And in short, it's going to be like goal setting and achieving in the front planner calendar sort of stuff in the middle. Um, some mid-year gold check-in and then the back it's going to be some like logging some whether it's registration numbers in-season dates for you with girls um, even vaccination records and title tracking in the back as well as notes pages and then we're also going to release a, just a plain journal along with it so super excited stay tuned get on my email list so that you are the first to know and uh, tell your friends because this is going to make a fabulous holiday gift too. Um, in any case, thanks for listening. I hope that that helps you. I hope that you will take on the challenge of working on your handling, even without a leash in your hand. And no matter what you're doing this week, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.